Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season four, episode nine. Episode nine, Can't Find My Way Back Home, was written by Fred Einisman and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on November 18th, 2010. Enjoy! Today we have our first repeat guest host on the pod. Please welcome actor, director, teaching artist, inclusion activist, and host of the podcast, Conversations with a Mixed Chick, Christina Pena. Hi, everyone. Oh, she's also my friend. I forgot that again. That's okay. I can always be counted (laughs) later as your friend. I think it's implied, probably. Fair. Fair. I wouldn't be here if we weren't friends, right? True, true. Well, I mean, I guess you can work with people who you're not friends with, but I guess there is an implied mutual respect on a professional level. There's definitely mutual respect. Oh, how nice. (laughs) Wow, crazy, crazy girl. Uh, Crazy girl. (laughs) So we're not going to go through all of the getting to know you questions that we did last time you were on at the very beginning of the season, But if you are interested, you can go back to, I think it's season four, episode two, I believe you were on. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if there are any listeners who for some reason did not listen to that episode and you want to know more about Christina, you can go back and listen to those. But just to, you know, see how you're doing this fall, because we didn't, we haven't heard from you since I think July. What are you reading and or watching right now this fall? Uh, So I'm watching... 911, which is a TV show. Yeah. With um Angela Bassett and for Shondaland fans, Peter Krause, who's in The Catch, which is one of my favorite Shondaland things. So that's really good. Yes. Yes. You're the only one. Well, we still have two guest hosts who have not been on yet, who are on later this season, but you are the only guest host so far who has even mentioned The Catch. I love the catch. It was, yes. Well, he's a very good actor, and Angela Bassett is fantastic. Queen of Wakanda. Queen of Wakanda. Yeah. And she's a a LAPD firefighter. No, she's an LAPD cop right now in the show, and he's a firefighter. It's so good. She just like Charlotte King, two jobs. How does she do it? Fair. She has like (laughs) 18 jobs. I feel like she's in everything. I know, she is. She is. And... You were reading something by a pool that looked interesting. What was that? Is it the Body Keeps Score? Maybe. What was I reading? Oh, by the pool when we were out? Oh, when I was out. Yes, I was reading. um, It happened one summer. Yes, yes. How was that? It's good. I haven't finished. It's a... I guess fan fiction is the word. It's a fan fiction of Alexis in Schitt's Creek. <gasps> so it's very good. <laughs> and she like goes to a little town. It's kind of, yeah. She's not Alexis, but she's based on the Alexis character. And it's smut. Okay. So there's smut in it. Oh, that's your favorite thing. Always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything new to promote? My friends? I said that last time. Tell us about them. Well, well, I have one friend, Samantha Harris. She's fantastic. Um, 
<laughs> I no, I do have. I'm assistant directing a play. Yes, in, you are. Tell us about it. In, uh, we're doing Two Gentlemen of Verona in a high school in Walnut Creek, California. Nice. I don't know if any of your listeners are up here, but it's a lot of fun to teach high schoolers Shakespeare. I guess we should promote Oz in uh, Fiddler on the Roof at <gasps> Opera Theater of Chicago. Is that? He's Lyric at the Opera? Lyric Theater. The Lyric, Lyric Theater. Theater of Chicago. In Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anyone's in Chicago, go see our friend Oz in Fiddler. It's so good. Have you seen the pictures? They're I've so seen good. the pictures, of course. He's so pretty. He's a principal dancer. Ugh, he's he so has good. a principal dancer contract. Yeah. Oh, so proud. All right. So we have a little bit of listener mail before we get into our episode. So my dear, dear friend, Marissa, I call her Mimi, but everyone else calls her Marissa, of nearly 15 years now. She is not remotely in entertainment. She enjoys entertainment, but professionally, she is in the sciences And she just wanted to support me and listen to the podcast. So she's been listening since the very beginning for over two years now. Wow, two years. Can you believe it? Because I certainly can't. So she's been listening since the very beginning, but not watching the show. So first I was like, are are you able to follow and like understand what was going on? And she said, yeah. I think she just sort of thought of it like a book where she didn't know what these people looked like, except obviously like we mentioned Audrey McDonald, Tay Diggs, like people she knows. Mm-hmm. But she just started a few weeks ago watching from the very beginning. So I'm getting like snaps and texts of real time reactions and she's going through it so quickly. She is now Archer is getting brain surgery as we speak. So thank you, Marissa, for being such a diehard fan of BHAB Pod. Amazing. Truly, truly impressed. And I think she is going to guest host later this year. So, yeah. Claps. She said, I don't want to have to stop before I guess, like, what am I going to do if I, like, get to season four? Like, what? I don't want to have to stop watching. I was like, you don't have to. Just don't spoil it. <laughs> I, I definitely had to watch episode 10 after I watched episode 9. Yeah. It, yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. All right. So for our patient breakdown for season four, episode nine, we have first notes and miscellaneous per usual. We have Julie with delayed menstruation. Sharon, who has seizures and scar tissue. Francis Wilder, who has chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, and we'll try this, arthosclerotic heart disease. Do we think that's right? Yeah. Okay. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. Just play one on TV. <laughs> Not a doctor. And we're going to talk about all the Pete stuff with, with Francis Wilder, and then we're going to talk about the Charlotte aftermath as well in our own little section. And we're going to talk about Julie and Sharon together since they're mother and daughter. Fair. All right, all right, all right. Apparently I'm Matthew McConaughey today. (laughs) I love that for you. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) 
what's your first note? So it basically is, uh, Addison says, I try to put myself in Charlotte's shoes. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and watch. So I've never watched all of Private Practice. I said this before. Yeah. So I had to go back and watch. And I was like, oh, you can't put yourself in someone's shoes like that. You can't. You this can't. Is... Yeah. What I've been yeah. meaning, what I wanted to ask you before we started and I forgot is, yeah. so what I said is, um, I, th- I said you should, if you should watch four, six, four, seven, four, eight, mm-hmm. but the one you really need to watch for this episode is four, six. Mm-hmm. So did you watch all three? Yes. Wow. Okay. So can you tell me what you thought about uh four seven and four eight just your like informed inclusion activist woke friend i i have problems with how essay is handled on all tv yeah especially as someone who really liked law and order svu growing up i think that i understand what they're trying to do but i think that like I mean, when Pete finds her and walks her through the hospital, I would not, like, I would not have done that, especially when she asked not to be, like, I just, I feel like everyone overstepped their boundaries without Charlotte asking them to. When you say walks her through the hospital, what do you mean? He, like, carries her her into a bed, and then everyone can see her around him, and they're all gawking to her at the top of 4-7. No? Well, yes, but... I mean, she was in a storage closet, so what was he going to do? Ask her what she wants. I guess she does faint. I, she doesn't faint, Yeah, though. She's still no, conscious. She like, falls, she, like, falls into him. I just think there's a better... I don't mean, like, also... I feel like essay is really hard to talk about. And oh, absolutely. And we have trigger warnings I, at yeah. the top of all of these, and it's in the show notes, and it's in the... It's in our Instagrams, and, like, yeah, absolutely. I just... I wish they were... Sp- they respected her more. I feel like they didn't respect Charlotte. Can we talk about we'll, – we'll talk a lot about Violet in this episode. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yes. A lot about Violet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a lot about Violet in this episode. I think Violet respects her the least even though she thinks she's doing the most. I I responded the way that I just did to what you said about Pete because I think that in the moment, Pete does – the best that he can mm-hmm. for her. I think that in episode eight, and Sheldon does the best that he can for her mm-hmm. ish until he goes to the police, which like we can we'll go back and forth on that as well. Yeah. Violet is just grossly mishandling this entire thing the whole time. I like think if he- I Go ahead. I was going to say, I think Pete does the best in, like, in the beginning it's hard, but, like, as soon as she says, like, what she wants, he kind of respects her and doesn't bring it back up. Everyone else in the office, like, brings it back up, and Pete's like, I'm good. Yeah. He's there strictly to do wound changes and make sure that the gashes are taken Mm -hmm. care of. Right. I mean, if I were in charge of this practice... The way that Violet handles this this situation, I would have to really think about her continued employment. I think you could say the same with Addison, though. But the way that Violet just, like, trauma dumps on her. 
multiple times mm-hmm. is absolutely not. Just like <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, nope. in in no way is it acceptable, is it necessary, is it appropriate? Yeah. Yeah. I think I wrote in one of my notes that this is the worst game of telephone I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> all they do is talk about it to everyone but Charlotte. Yeah. My first note is a, a quote that Addison has. She says, how does Charlotte become a Charlotte again? Yeah. And I feel like that is the thesis statement of the rest of this season, kind of. And... Then like a sub quote of that is Addison is asking all of the questions out loud that the audience has in their head. Like that whole little monologue that Addison is doing to Sam is basically all the questions that the audience has. I also Mm -hmm. thought it was very interesting how when we see Addison and Sam together this episode and last episode really, they're just like in bed together like half asleep Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting especially with some things we'll get into later in the episode about her wanting a baby after they've been over and over and over again that he does not want another child because he has a grandchild and he just doesn't want another child we'll get into that I just thought it was something to note that they're just like comfortable in bed cuddled up together in these like satin sheets and these comfortable pajamas when everyone else is visibly extremely uncomfortable and or in pain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also wrote the same um, quote, how does Charlotte become Charlotte again? But I think, I think the answer is she never will. Oh, absolutely not. Like, that's something I think about with trauma. You'll never be the, you'll never be the old person again that you were. And I don't know. I just find it's really interesting. I found that the doctors asked these questions this episode that were like 101 of emotional development. It was just like really interesting to me that they kept asking these questions about, you know, like, when is she going to go back to being how she was? Like, we just think that they would know better. But I guess I guess not everyone knows better. I think that those were, you know how we talk about like when we don't like what they do, it's the writers and when we do, it's them. Mm -hmm. I think that that was purely exposition of Addison Mm -hmm. speaking, you know, what the writers and the showrunners like, this is storyboard, how we're supposed to get from A to point B. Yeah. Addison is how we're telling, this is Addison's monologue, exposition, just purely exposition. Fair. Shall we move on to Julie? (laughs) Yes. I'd love to move on to Julie. Julie and Sharon. Uh, I don't have a whole lot about them. Me too. My first is that Julie's hair had to have taken hours with a curling wand. I think that's her natural hair. Not entirely natural, but she's like a curly haired girl. And you think it was just like... um, not pickups. What like do they call it in the hair? Cleaned. World? It's called touch-ups. Touch-ups. Yes, touch-ups. Not pickups. Touch-ups. I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell, but I know she's like a naturally curly-haired girl. Wow. It was gorgeous. Blessed. Yeah. I was also a little taken aback 
Addison was immediately so angry at Amelia for talking to Julie. She was behind her desk and then she like stood up. Like, what? Why? What? Yeah. Yeah. What's your first note? I think that, okay, um, 10 to 16 for menstruation. Didn't realize that. I thought it was way younger because I was way younger. Very interesting to read. I feel like it's it can be on either side, maybe. I think I was eleven, which is why I didn't realize it went up to like sixteen. I actually it's not true. I think it I think I didn't know it goes up to sixteen, which is just, just it's a strange thing to think about that I was like, oh Yeah. There was a, a girl I went to school with and I know her sister didn't have it by the time she went to high school and it was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. But then I mean she got it eventually. I think it's interesting they never circle back to Julie. Like she's just yeah. there as a she's there as like a plot device. A character to her mother. Yes. I I I do think it's a little bit implied that it's because of all the stress in her life of having to take care of her mother. Yes. Like and they just chose that instead of say headaches or eye strain or I don't know, like a, an eye twitch or something. I always get an eye twitch when I'm stressed to yeah. bring Addison into it so we can get the Addison and Amelia butting heads. I think that they just use that instead of something else. Yeah, I think Addison also like really oversteps her boundaries this episode and it just shows more of it in the Sharon um, part of the show that she's just going to keep overstepping because... She's not a neurosurgeon. She has no background in neurosurgery. Neurosurgery, So it makes no sense to me why she... I mean, I understand that Amelia is going through like what Amelia is going through, but... But she's not... Doesn't yet. mean... Yeah, but... She, yeah. Fair. But, yeah, I think one of my best lines... I think one of the best lines in the whole episode was, I don't tell you how to handle vaginas. Yeah. I love it made that. me so happy. Mm-hmm. so happy mm-hmm. also i really hate this is something i don't like about private practice is every time someone's dad is dead amelia makes it about herself oh yeah every time it did really get me though how because now that she has kids when that that mm-hmm. monologue she has to um to addison of like i i wish she could see me walk down the aisle and we've seen her and like I wish he could meet my kids, and now that we know her kids, that that mm-hmm. did get me. Agreed. And it would have gotten me in 2010, but now that we actually know and have seen it, it got me even more. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, but it is it. What really Amelia bringing it up didn't really bother me because it happens so much. But what got me is when Addison brought it up to Julie of like busy is busy is, and we've met busy, but. Yeah. Addison is not one to bring that up, especially to a 15-year-old who like has she's normally like pretty good at separating her personal life-ish. Yeah. But it was weird to me that she brought it up and I kind of saw Julie have a pause in her brain like, "Er? Like why are all of these <laughs> doctors trauma dumping their childhood trauma on me?" What, are you telling me that my mom is terrible or my mom is going to die? Like, what are you doing? I'm already having enough stress, please. I need a therapist, but yes. not the one in your office because she's awful. Send me Sheldon. <laughs> Send me Sheldon. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
something like that. That's all I have for Julie. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad Sharon's better. I wish we had like a six month jump in the future for all of these patients and all of these seasons being like, where are they now? And I'm glad she gets surgery and they don't leave it with like the mom still saying no to the daughter. Oh, they would never. Not true. They would. Unless they did. And then she had like a major seizure and it was like, we have to do emergency surgery that they would do that. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. Matthew McConaughey here in the house. (laughs) I, I haven't even thought about him in years. I don't know what it is. He's gorgeous. I have to say. On to Francis Wilder and all the Pete stuff. Just because this is, I think, going to be like a point out all the weird things Violet does episode. Violet says to Adam, I'm Violet. Pete's married to me and we have a son. What a weird way to say that. Like there is, I can't think of a more self-centered way to say that sentence this is my name. Your brother's married to me. Your brother and I have a son together. It was what? very strange. You say, I'm Pete's wife. And then you can bring up your son later. Like, don't bring Lucas into this right now. Yes. What's your first note? Well, my first note is like, I don't know how I feel about Pete asking Sam to do any of that. Oh, yeah. I have that later. To but, like yeah. fill out the paperwork. Like, it was, like, the first step was that, and then, like, everything else that happened after that, like, I was like, okay, Pete, like, gained some respect back, but it was, it was just very interesting to see the dynamic with, like, everything that happens. Yeah, that was the one that got me the most. Because I talk about, you know, the set a lot and the art department and their beautiful, beautiful surroundings, I'm truly enamored with the fact that in this new office... Pete just has these giant jars and jars of dried herbs behind him in his office. Like it used to be that they were on shelves next to him and they were smaller jars, you know, and they were maybe like just mason jars you brought from home or like recycled jars, more of the holistic thing that Pete would, I feel, maybe, you know, sustainable things he would he would come around more for. I don't know. But they were just these gigantic jars. And, like, I know how expensive those jars are. We just had a mm-hmm. talk about how in debt these these offices are. Like, at, at the a couple seasons ago, we were like, we need $50,000 from each and every one of you or we're going to have to close. Like, maybe cut down on your $50 to $100 jar each. Jars? <laughs> yeah. I was really curious about how toxic Pete and Violet's relationship is (laughs) and how like this just adds to it like at some point she says Violet says you don't have to do it alone when he's like talking to his brother and she's like you don't have to do it alone not that you don't have to do it at all you don't have to do it alone like she tells him he basically has to do it yeah Violet always knows best so it's always Violet knows best and, and you have to do what she wants to do. Which is like opposite to Cooper to Charlotte when he says you need to do it. Not that you have to do it. You, It's just like it was interesting. So I'm like, are they both toxic relationships or is like, I feel like Cooper cares more for Charlotte than Violet does for Pete. 
I agree. I agree. I am. I'm a big Charlotte Cooper fan. Um, Me too. Yeah, we have. I I don't think that their relationship is toxic. I think that we're in a really rough patch for them right now for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons. But I I do think that Violet and Pete's relationship is like just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. (laughs) But it does take two really incredible actors to bring that to life for all these seasons. My other favorite quote from this episode comes Mm -hmm. from Sam. Uh-huh. And he goes he goes, uh my I don't know, she's she's a mom when Pete asks her about Pete asks her oh, about yeah. his mom. I was like, she's so much more than a mom I go, this is every man's answer to what like a mom is. She's, she's a, a mom. She, uh food just appears, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're just Very clothes funny. in my, uh, uh, just clothes folded. I don't know. They're washed and clean Wait. and pressed. Do we have a laundry chute? I just put it on the ground in the in the bathroom, and somehow it gets cleaned and put back in my dresser. God, I wish. <laughs> Cue to me, literally sitting one foot away from my clean laundry that's been sitting here and is still not folded. Yeah, you don't want to know what my room is. <laughs> It's okay. I can see it. It's really not that bad. Yeah. Okay, great. Back to Sam being like, he's she's a, a, a mom. I think it's really funny that Sam didn't know about Pete's family either. I mean, I get because Sam didn't share about – I mean, Pete didn't share about that at all to anyone. But Pete also mm-hmm. didn't know about Sam's family. And I get that our business is really different from medicine. But I feel like I know a lot about my close coworkers' families. And I don't know if that's because, like, they come to see our shows or like i don't i don't know i think it might also be i mean like i don't know because i'm a woman but i think that not that women are more prone to talk about things i mean but i think women bond over over talking more than men do i don't know that's my men 101 in college talking but yeah okay i mean obviously addison and Amelia know about each other's families. But, like, everybody well, knows about Addison's family. Is that just because she's... Well, the... Addison won't shut up. Is that just because she's the protagonist of our of our show? I think she, like, brings family into the show way more than everyone else, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I know a lot about my guy friends' families, too, though, but I don't know. But you're a very personable person. People talk to me. Yeah. And you share. Like, you you are vulnerable, so we are vulnerable around you. I'm so vulnerable. I'm so vulnerable. So vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah. So we all know Pete's very legendary leather jacket. He's wearing it in the prison hospital to see his mom, like, if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Um, But his brother has a similar jacket, but it's suede, and it's a blazer in brown. I find that Mm -hmm. really interesting, and I almost sent a DM last night to Cynthia Bergstrom, the costume designer, but I kind of want to, like, make a couple questions and then send them to her at one time so I don't just continuously bother her. Maybe we'll have her on the podcast also. That would be awesome. So, yeah, I just think it's really interesting how they haven't seen each other for years, and they still have, like, a sort of similar style but different. 
Like, I feel like that would be Pete's style if he didn't spend time in Doctors Without Borders. Like, I feel like if he had just stayed in infectious disease medicine, that -hmm. would be his style. Yeah. Even though they haven't seen each other in years. Yeah, I can see that. I'm also really shocked that Pete brought Lucas to meet Adam after all the things that we heard him say about him in 4-6. I'm truly shocked. I think they're trauma bonded, too. So you, like... I think he can say whatever he wants about his brother. He's still going to try to be the older brother. To He's older, right? Yeah. He's going to try to be the older brother to, like, fix everything that he did when he was a kid. He tried to fix everything. Which is maybe why he's married to Violet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wrote a note in when I was editing 4-6 with Caitlin. I wrote a note when I was editing it that I didn't say because... It wasn't appropriate to bring up in four seven or four eight. Mm-hmm. Pete saying that he doesn't know who his father is, I feel sheds a lot of light on his reaction to Violet not wanting a paternity test in season two. Like I feel like that hits him so much harder than we knew at the time, and it makes. I mean, it it made a lot of sense at the time, but it hits even harder now knowing that he also doesn't know who his father is. Yeah, they they very much have different dads. The brother, like Pete and his brother, you can t- I think. No. Well, so Christina, you know that they're not actually related. Like they're they're actors and they're cast to play these two roles that are brothers yeah. in a no. television yeah. show. <laughs> so they so also much. probably don't have the same mother. They might be Fair. You know, historically from Europe, hundreds of years ago, per se, but it's likely that they do not have the same father. You're right. All right. And you said that you thought it was weird that Sam was just signing the paper for people to put whatever he wants. I kind of liked that he did. I didn't feel weird. I just don't know how I feel about it. I feel like this happens on Grace, too. I feel like there's a lot of sweeping under the rug. Poor fellow doctors, you know. It just always makes me feel like I don't know how to feel. Okay. Yeah. So what are, like, the things you don't know how to feel about? (laughs) Putting on my therapist hat because we can't rely on Violet. How to, like, verbalize it. You mean, like, with this? Oh, I just, like, I feel like Pete shouldn't be asking Sam this. And Sam shouldn't be doing what he's doing. But they're going to because they work in the same office. Well, so I, so Sam is like a, he has a cardiology background. So I think that it's fine for Pete, who does not have a cardiology background, to ask Sam to look at the chart. I think that's fine. Yes. But I also don't really get how Pete can't just sign it himself unless it's like, oh, it's his son. No, he doesn't. A- he doesn't ask. He doesn't ask Sam to just look at the chart. He asks Sam to sign off on something he's already said, and he can't do it because he's her son, and that won't give her a humane release or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he needs Sam because Sam is the cardiologist. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for verbalizing your feelings in this safe space. You're welcome. For literally the world to hear. Fair. Anything else for Francis or Pete stuff? No. Okay. 
Uh, it's, this isn't a note that I wrote, but I'm just, I can't stop thinking about the little, like, hoodie that Lucas was wearing in the stroller with the little bear. Um, with the ears? The little bear ears. Yeah. The brown fuzzy jacket with the bear ears. It also was making me think how I feel like strollers nowadays sit up so much higher than that one did. That was like a stroller mm-hmm. like that I had in the 90s, super low. But now it's like either you can like click a bassinet in or you can click a car seat in. And it's just I feel so different now than it was. It's because we're old, Sam. Speak for yourself. Actually, Sam, you're older than I am. You know what? Age is but a state of mind. <laughs> Moving on to Charlotte Aftermath. Where do we start? At the very beginning. I'll just get my first note out and then I can go back and you can go more into what you thought about the episodes. Um, when they're in the police station and... Pete and uh, not Pete. Oh my god, why do I keep everyone keeps doing this? Do you also get Pete and Cooper confused when you're like thinking back in your brain? No, because I really like the actor that plays Cooper. I mean, so, so why? But when I'm thinking about them, I just like go back and I say Pete when I mean Cooper. I mean, so does Violet. So true. Husband number one, husband number two, husband number two. Yeah, when Cooper and Charlotte are at the police station and Cooper's like, come on, like, let's go. They want to talk to you. And he's like, it's okay if you're scared. And Charlotte goes, I'm not scared. I've got emails. <laughs> I said, ooh, we love an avoidance tactic. That's my BFF right there. <laughs> yeah, That's me if I've ever seen it. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it away, ma'am. I mean, my first note literally says, Addison and Violet. It's <laughs> literally it. It's my first note. Why? Why? Addison well, for taking the washings? Yeah, to the police. I think she is mandated to do that. Mm-mm. You think? I don't think so. I think it's an invasion of her privacy. You can't get a rape kit without consent of the victim. Okay, I feel like you know more about it than me. It was on IMDb as a goof, so obviously it's true. I don't know. Well, so I I know you can't get a rape kit without consent of the victim. Like, the victim has to say yes to get a rape kit. So that's why I'm like, I don't think... Well, even then, like, it's... I don't know. I feel like it's just, like, it's not their place to go to the police. I mean, Sheldon goes to the police. Like, it's not any of their place to do that. It's on Charlotte and what Charlotte wants to do. And no one in the office is taking that into consideration. That is very true. That is very true. I do think it's a tiny bit different for Sheldon because he was there with. Yes. Agreed. In in the station. Mm -hmm. So like it's like a hair different. Violet is just like absolutely unforgivable so i'm looking for like graphics and like resources and helpful tips from rain to put Mm -hmm. like in our in our instagram for like because you know this is a super heavy couple of episodes so Mm -hmm. this is uh one that is going to be with this episode for you saying ask how you can help 
And it's like, instead of this, say this. So literally all of these are things that Violet has said. So it says, if I were you, I would, literally Violet said, but it says instead you should say, I'm here and not going anywhere. What do you need for me? That's what Cooper says. Violet says, other survivors tend to do blah, blah, blah. So you should too. Instead of that, say, you did not do anything wrong. How can I support you? I feel like that is what, I don't know, everyone else says except for Violet. Yeah. And then this one, this one is what really got me later. Instead of saying, if you don't report, you are putting other people in danger. Say, are you considering making a report? If so, would you like me to go with you? Mm -hmm. Violet literally did the opposite by saying, you're going to put, you're going to have somebody else get attacked if you don't report. And you only had me go to the police station with you so that you could have a witness saying you tried. Yes. I really try to give Violet the benefit of the doubt. But this episode, really like four, six through now, I am, I'm really over, I'm really over her. Like, girl, bye. Yeah. She just trauma dumps on Charlotte in a way that's really harmful. And all about her. Like, nothing is about Charlotte. And nothing is about, nothing is actually helpful to get Charlotte to where she needs to be to report. No. Like, at all. Like, it would be one thing, and still maybe not right, to be like, this is a noise machine that I use to help me feel safe sleeping. Or, like, this is a door lock that I use to help me feel safe when I was alone. Something like that would maybe be unwanted advice, but still Mm -hmm. not harmful. But what Violet does, unacceptable. And now that we've, um, you know, said that a gazillion times, I'm going to come in with my knowledge from my dear, dear friends, Olivia Benson and Elliot Stabler, wondering why they can't just arrest him because – whether it was correct or not for Addison to take that DNA, they have it. And I know from my dear, dear close friends, Olivia and Elliot, that witness ID is notoriously unreliable. So why can't they arrest him with just the DNA? Like, yes, Charlotte definitively IDing him would help, but they should be able to do it without her. And her going in and saying, oh, no, definitely not him, hurts. She changes her mind, doesn't she? Like... She does. I think. I there, think they the could report, use that, right? Like she reports it as a as a robbery or like a assault. Like she oh doesn't... yeah, she goes back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, which is since I know from you know my friends Olivia and Elliot and Detective Tutuola and Amanda Robbins, yes. Robbins, Amanda Rollins and Carisi, Carisi. and like yeah. yeah, all of them like Munch and Finn, like all of them. I know that going back and forth on your story hurts the case. And of course, she's dealing with this, how she needs to deal with it. Not saying how she should do anything. Yeah. But the justice system should be able to do it without her. I mean, agreed. But the justice system is notoriously against victims. Really? I mean, like... Uh, not as much Definitely. now. Um. <laughs> oh, I thought you were kidding. I was like, wait, like, let's have a real conversation. Oh my god, uh, no. Yeah, it's notoriously against victims. 
Right. So I think it's on the DA's office to choose to pursue a case in my background of law, which I don't have. Um, You have 25 seasons of Law and Order SVU. I have one. And three seasons of Criminal Intent. Uh, (laughs) No, it's Criminal... What is... Organized Crime? What is... Organized Crime! That's what it is. I was like, there's also the... the, Okay. Yeah. Switching gears. Charlotte's Mm -hmm. outfit today would be so chic. Like it's cute then too, but oh, today yeah. it's like New York Fashion Week chic. Yes, it's this oversized blue striped button down, like super oversized, and then she has these asymmetrical, small, delicate hoops and a straight, mm-hmm. flat hair. Obviously, because she didn't style it, but like it would be super chic today. A huge textured camel coat. Like I want, I want all of it. Like I want it. Also, her eyes. In that whole, like, in the first couple scenes, they are so jarringly beautiful. And I can't tell if it's, like, because there's no makeup on them or because there's the purple bruise makeup on them. Whatever it is, her eyes look gorgeous in the first two scenes in the police station, Mm -hmm. which is not a real thing. And at her desk. They just pop. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. She's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Next I have Charlotte coming in with a sick burns to Violet for the second episode in a row. Yes. We love yeah. to see it. Love to see I it. I mean not nice things to say, but like are they untrue? No. No. How do you feel about Violet just telling cooper about charlotte like coming out and saying what happened mad mad she has no right like at all and and justifying it being like as a therapist i know it's like come on well and to be fair i think she's doing like she has this whole speech about like when she uh she went to court against her rapist, right? And then there was the woman in the court who was just sitting there. And then the woman comes up to her at the end and she goes, well, I was also a victim and I wanted to punch her. And it's like, I almost think she's getting her anger out at that woman on Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And it's awful. And the way she does it is she tells Cooper because she's a toxic <laughs> Oh my god. I was yeah. Just so mad. I said I can't believe she's telling him, but then I said logically I can. But she knows that Cooper can't control his face. Like he's not gonna be able to keep this in. Mm-mm. Not at all. And she's doing it again for herself. Yeah. And not for Charlotte. Mm-mm. And then I was really hurt just because I am the vice president of the Amelia fan club that Cooper was taking it out on Amelia because I was like, she doesn't deserve that. She's just having a happy day and she's just trying to like bring joy. Yeah. And now Cooper is going to take out all of his stuff on Amelia, which is not fair. Go ahead. Say it. I question. I just question whether or not 
I don't know. Because, like, I know Amelia and, like, I we've seen what she does in Grey's. Like, I, I don't think Amelia is a Vic. Like, I think that Amelia knows what she's doing with Cooper. No? So, so here's what I think. Okay. <laughs> I think she is not trying to go out with Cooper to get with him. I think that she's trying to go out with Cooper to have a drinking buddy so she's not drinking alone because she's going to go out drinking anyway. Okay, I can see that. I think she's looking for someone to drink with, so it's, like, totally fine that she's going to just throw back 12 beers or, like, 12 gin and tonics. It's Mm -hmm. fine because she's not drinking alone, and, you know, it's it's totally – it's acceptable. It's socially acceptable to drink with a friend. Okay, that's fair. I think it's the recovering addict in her or the addict in her. Yes. Not the flirty young Amelia in her. Yeah. But because Cooper feels guilty about where he was when Charlotte was attacked, that's how he's going about it. Well, and it all leads back to Violet, because if Violet didn't tell Cooper, Cooper wouldn't yell at Amelia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I only have one more note. Do you have much more? I think I have two notes. Go ahead. Okay. I can't tell if this is... It has some relation to Charlotte. Basically, there's the scene when... Pete and Violet are in bed. Pete says, I did the right thing. Yeah, at the end, yeah. She's lying about it. And he goes, you're lying. But there's never a question in Violet's mind if she did the right thing for Charlotte. Yeah, because she's a narcissist. Right. It just, like, it just adds to her toxicity. What does she say? She says lies sometimes for right lies or something. Or a good... Yeah, go ahead. No, she says, sometimes lies are not lies. They are love. It's so toxic. Can you think of any lie that would be a good lie? No. Dear listeners, if you can think of anything, please write in. I'm I'm trying I'm like scraping the pits of my brain. I mean, especially if you get caught. I'm literally thinking of little things like, oh no, those shoes, they're not made of leather, don't worry. When you have someone purposefully not wearing leather. Like, I'm thinking of very small things. My last note about the Charlotte aftermath is when Cooper walks in. So hard to watch because she knows right away. And I knew she would know right away. He's trying to hide it, but he can't hide it because he's Cooper and she's Charlotte and it's not going to work. But he is just really wonderful to her. And I thought that she was going to lash out at him i'm actually really surprised she didn't ask who told him no because she knows I feel like she probably she probably assumes but yeah anyway and then the whole speech that he has to her like i'm not going anywhere we're gonna work it out together and then when he goes this is the quote that man is not going free i will make it look like a mugging Whew. i'm just gonna say we were so close to Cooper doing the right thing, and then he says that. Like, we were so close to Cooper, just like, I was so in his corner, I was like, he's gonna be so great to her, and then he's like, I'm gonna get a gun, and I was like, nope, you lost me. You lost me. 
Um, Are you going to condone gun violence? No. (laughs) Trying to think of how I can say this without it being brought up hypothetically in the future. I mean, like, I understand what he's doing and I understand the reaction because I get it. Like, I, I know that's what goes through people's heads. But Cooper, Cooper going out and killing somebody and ending up in jail. Because I love Cooper. Cooper could not pull off a murder looking like a mugging. Couldn't do it. And he'd end up in jail and then Charlotte would be alone. The point is, is that Charlotte then has to deal with it all alone again anyway. Like, it doesn't actually help her. I believe that he, I, I believe that he could, I believe he could pull it Hypotheticals. off. Yeah. Hypothetically. No, not even hypothetically. Like, I believe he could pull it off. Hypothetically, having experience with evil people, I see where Cooper is coming from. Mm-hmm. Because the justice system, again, does not always work for for victims, does not take the victims into account, and does not work. It has a lot of the wrong people in prison, mm-hmm. and a lot of the criminals and a lot of people who are evil are out on the street. So um, that's all I'm going to say, because this is going to be on the internet forever. I will say I hate our justice system, and I think, I mean, I don't care. It can be in the future forever. <laughs> no, that I'm fine with saying the justice system is needs a revamp. I understand the want. Like, I I understand the want to an eye for an eye. I get it. The things it does to you to take someone's life, even if they're justified, it does so much to you psychologically just to, like, kill somebody, even if there's the right intent behind it. I think it would really ruin someone like Cooper just as a person. I No, I see where you're coming from. I, I think that he's already forever changed with what has happened to Charlotte and what happened to Violet, his best friend. Yeah. I think that, you know, the way that he is seeing the justice system work over and over and over again and, like, how he already – he already went to jail. I'm not sure if you watched that episode, but he was – No, I did know that. Yeah, he was hiding a kid who he thought was abused – and yeah. he went to jail for not telling the judge where the kid is. So he's been to jail. He's been beat up. Which is jail. very different than a murder charge. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I believe that Cooper could find a way to do it. Because I believe that Addison and Amelia, I believe that they would all band together. Maybe get Olivia Pope in on it. I think that they could get away with it. Yeah. Like, give me Huck and I, Quinn. Huck and Quinn can do it with no problem. I also just wonder, like, I think about this, too. Like, the ramifications of young sexual assault victims watching this. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, watching somebody say that they're going to kill some. Like, I just, I, I look at it from that point of view, too. And I'm like, how do you, like... I don't know. I just find it really interesting to have conversations like this because it's like all hypothetical because like I'm not going to go out and kill somebody like I mean I could but <laughs> I <laughs> I just I could. I, I could 
I don't know. I just, I just, I wonder, because, like, I don't know. Have you ever read Know My Name by Chanel Miller? I don't think I have. But tell me about it. She's the, she's the assault victim from Stanford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And was known as Jane Doe in the trial. Yeah. And so after the trial, she wrote a book about who she is and, like, what happened to her. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot more power in talking about stuff than going out and just kill. I don't know. I just like, I, I, I grapple with it every day. Cause it's like, is it an eye for an eye? Like, is that fair? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do you, do you vote in California yet, Sam? Yes. Okay. So when I was about 18, we voted on the death penalty. And so having those conversations was always, I don't know. It just, I find conversations like this really interesting because it's like, and it's so funny because I know how many people in prison are not guilty. Yeah. Like, I've done enough research. And I'm not just talking about, like, first of all, I'm thrilled that Adnan Syed is no longer in prison. But, like, I'm not just talking about him. But I'm talking about, like, I brought up Ear Hustle on on the podcast of four, 4.5, I think, with Lauren. And I'll link that again. But Ear Hustle is one of my favorite podcasts. And, like, you humanize a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. But again, like, I don't know. Anyway. Do you have any more notes for Charlotte's aftermath? No. Except I love Charlotte. All right. Well, on to miscellaneous. Oh, yeah. I, I love I Charlotte. Just... I love Charlotte. More and more. Every time. I know. That's what I'm saying. Since before she was introduced, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, now you can continue. All right, so my first miscellaneous note is when Violet is, like, trying to sleep on the couch, and she was like, I want to kill my kid, but then I don't want to kill my kid because then some actress would play me in a TV movie. And I was like, Violet, like, come on. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> you have you need to see a therapist so bad. But then she was like, unless Meryl Streep would play me in a TV movie, do you think Meryl Streep – and then I think – I forget if it was Pete or Cooper, but I think it was Pete. It was Pete. She was with Pete. Yeah, Pete was like, I don't think Meryl Streep does made-for-TV movies. <laughs> but here's the thing. It would definitely be Sarah Paulson who played Violet in the I Killed My Kid TV movie, right? It would definitely Fair, be yes. Sarah Paulson. It would definitely be Sarah Paulson. Or like anyone from that. Yeah, like American Horror Story, American Crime yeah. Story. I could also see Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. But yeah, one of those two, but definitely not Meryl Streep. No, not at all. That's rude. No. Yeah. <laughs> at 10 minutes and 32 seconds, we have a green juice sighting. Addison is pouring green juice into her cup. Go green juice Patreon tier. Shout out to our friends there. I don't want to go through all of mine before I even ask you yours. So tell me what you're what you're thinking here. Okay. So remember last time I was here, we talked about how the show was shot very docu-serious. Yeah. And it was really interesting. Like, there were some very strange shots. There was something about the doors in this episode where they're either, like, peeking out from behind doors or, like, stepping. It was very interesting, the shots they used with doors. It was mm-hmm. almost, like, to... Suspense? To show that they were... Yeah, it was to add, like, a... Uh, like spying or tiptoeing around people's feelings because like Amelia looks in on the seizure that's happening and Pete looks for his brother like there's this like 
thing of where no one's really talking about what's happening because they're closed behind the door. Mm-hmm. Just interesting. It is the same director. Is it? It is. That's funny. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Mark Tinker is great. Tom Verica is great. They're all great. Yeah. 4-2 is a weird shot episode, though. Like, he was trying to do it something is. that I don't understand. <laughs> don't get it. All right, continue. The way that Addison believes she deserves things kind of fathoms me. Like, there's no discussion with Sam and what Sam wants when she's making statements about a baby. Like, she just makes these statements and he gets not a not a second to breathe, not a second to say anything at all. Just like... Yeah. Two two things on that. Okay. Number one, she was, you know, raised very privileged. So I don't yes. and I've talked about this before, I don't know how many times she's been told no in her life to things that she wanted. Um and number two, I th- they've been they've talked about wanting a she has talked about wanting a kid before with Sam and Sam was like no. So I think what she is saying is I'm going to have a kid with or without, without you. Without you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's like, if you want to have a kid, quote unquote, naturally, like, cool, let's do it. Slash, like, can she? Because, you know, the whole pilot was about her not being able Quite to get too. pregnant. So, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Um, but she was like, if you want to be the father of my child and you want to be involved, great. If not, I'm going to do it with or without you. So I think she's mm-hmm. basically saying, like, you know, this is going to take the humanity out of it. But I feel like she's like, I feel like getting a Tesla. I'm I'm going to buy a Tesla. Cool. But she's like, it's my, it's my money. It's my time. It's my everything. Yeah. Like, if you want to be involved, like, if you want to drive the Tesla, cool. It's a baby, not I a think, Tesla. But I feel like. I think you're on the right track with Addison's privilege. Because it, yeah. it happens in Grace, too, and how she reacts to Sloan and how she just. She doesn't believe she deserves Sloan, but like she believes she can do whatever she wants and it won't have any consequences. And so yeah. I kind of equate it to this because like she's like, I'm gonna have a baby. And I, I don't think she realizes what it could do to Sam, who doesn't want a baby. Like Sam could leave. Oh, and what it can do to them. Yeah. I think she thinks he'll just stay because it's whatever yeah. she wants on the highway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's been announced that she's coming back to Grace for season 19. I know. And I'm really excited and also really nervous because, again, like, when she came back for those couple episodes before, I was like, Melissa, don't watch. I will let you know if you can watch. Like, obviously, she can, but, you know, like, I'll tell you, like, if you should skip any specific time spots or, like, time. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm excited and scared. (laughs) me too but yeah i kind of hope she's like obviously involved in teaching and like involved in all of it but yeah do you think they're gonna kill meredith i can't i think they're gonna kill meredith i don't think they're gonna kill i think i don't know i love the idea of the ending being oh my god words what's her daughter's name zola zola 
I love the idea of Zola reading Meredith's journals. Like, I love that being the ending of the show. I mean, she can still read them if she's dead. Yeah, but, like, no, she has dementia. Like, the idea of, like, uh, Meredith has become her mother. I don't know. I kind of feel like like that's too easy. Yeah, but you look at shows like, look at a show like, um, I guess, How I Met Your Mother was only 10 seasons. But, like, How I Met Your Mother had an ending planned within the first season. Like, the ending of season 10 was shot the same week all the stuff from season 1 was shot with kids. I know. I just wonder if they have a plan. Like, I feel like Shondaland has a plan for what's going to happen. We just don't know it yet. If it's all a dream, I'm going to be so mad. I don't think it's going to be a dream. I don't... Or like well, a... You know what I mean? Like, if it's not real, I'm going to be distraught. Like, if it's a... If she's reading it back, would you be distraught? I don't think it is because it's it's not all her point of view. Yeah. Like, at the beginning it was, but not... Not, like yeah. Season six or so. Fair. I do want it. I, I do want it to end with Zola being a doctor, though, saying it's a beautiful day to save lives. I love that oh, wait, imagery. I think I think it will. I think it definitely yeah. will. I yeah, or at least one of the kids, maybe not Zola, but I just want one of the kids to say it. Hey, dear listeners, editor Sam here again, letting you know that this was recorded before the premiere of season nineteen, episode one. So, uh, go Christina. Yeah. When they were like, oh, she's only coming back for eight episodes. I said, that makes sense because she is so obviously ready to move on and I want her to do what she wants to do. But I, when it was eight episodes I and if, if it was going to be like spread out, I would say, oh, she's just like going to go be in Minnesota or she's going to go do something else or I don't know. But since it's the first eight episodes, I feel like she's definitely going to die. Oh, I didn't know that. I missed that. Oh, yeah. I feel like they're going to end on 20. That's my theory. Well, people think that. People think that. Yeah. I don't think... I don't know. I, it's I not... never... I... Go ahead. I would say it's not like Lawn or SVU where you can just keep adding... I guess I guess it kind of is. Yeah. You can just keep adding patience. I never yeah. wanted to end because they're my friends, but... Same. I also really want Derek to come back. People think they're setting it up for it to be a spinoff for Joe, but I kind of think they're setting it up to be a spinoff for um, Amelia, which I think would be really cool. I want someone... Have you seen all like the pictures that they have been posting recently? Oh, yeah. I want to know why she's in Black Scrubs. Oh, I know. Everyone. Everyone does. I just want to know. People are saying, oh, it's because she's working at another hospital. But here's the thing. They've closed all of the other hospitals in Seattle because they've either they've, they've either merged with yeah. Seattle Grace or whatever it is now, or they've just closed. Like, there are no other hospitals in Seattle, apparently. I don't know. I'm just, like, really curious what's going to happen. Yeah. Well. Okay. Back to miscellaneous. Yes. At 13 minutes and 8 seconds, we are in Violet's office, and it's really weird to me that Violet has a Rothko in there, or a knockoff Rothko, I don't know, because, yes. do you know the story of uh, Rothkos, like how they were kind originally of. made? Kind of, not really. So he was commissioned to make all of these paintings for some brand new restaurant of a hotel, I think in New York, and he was like 
disgusted by the wealth because he was like there's it's so disproportionate and like these people are spending more on one dinner than some people make in a week or a day and so he made these paintings to make people feel nauseous while they were eating and like make them lose their appetite Mm -hmm. so it's weird to me that like these paintings were originally made to make rich people feel uncomfortable and like why do you want that in a therapist's office like give me something calming like a beach scene or some trees or butterflies or fair i don't know something to make me want to open up not something to make me feel nauseous fair don't want to be nauseous no i'm always nauseous anyway there's appalachian bluegrass music at the end of the second to last act around like 35 minutes in and i feel like it's a strange choice like i don't get why they use that specific music yeah i don't get that either no because it's not like anyone i mean charlotte's southern but she's like like southern bell southern yeah she's not appalachian southern she's like southern bell southern Southern. yeah and it wasn't even talking about her it was just like everything else coming into place very strange for me i always find music choices in an in a tv series that has already passed like I always find older episodes, music choices, very interesting because mm-hmm. I don't entirely remember what was popular and this is in 2010, right? 2010. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't remember what was popular. I remember what I listened to, which was not yeah. the best stuff, but like what else was popular, <laughs> like outside, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like outside of like my realm of like hip hop, I said yeah. it. Yeah. And they're not going to put popular top 40 music in these right. shows unless it's for a specific purpose like yeah. in an actual party if they Fair. could even afford to use it for the rights but no yeah my very last note is again about addison bringing up the baby with sam he, after mm-hmm. he said no specifically and she said i'm not going to be interested in waiting mm. Mm. Hmm. interesting i have one more go ahead i do yeah i Okay, so there's this there's the scene with Sheldon and what's his name? What's the attacker's name? I can't remember the attacker's name. Lee McHenry. Yes. Yeah. There's like that scene where they're in the police station and Sheldon says something. I genuinely like want to believe his professional opinion, right? That he'll do it again. No, there's that. But he says, we both know those feelings don't just go away. And the way he said it, I was like, do you have those feelings, Sheldon? Have you had those feelings before? Like, it was just, like, there was something about it that I started to question, like, who Sheldon is as a character. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Because, like, he could, I mean, like, I've, there's probably therapists in the world who've gone through treatment and have, you know, come out the other side, but know that things like that still exist in them. Just a thought. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more notes? That's it. That's all my notes. All right, all right, all right. Why is Matthew McConaughey on this podcast? <laughs> my God. I love it. I love it so much. All right, so Sam's style this week is Julie's first outfit. It is a red flannel buttoned up, buttoned to the bust, and then she has a hot pink cami underneath, and it has, like, these ruffles and these buttons, and it's exactly what every 15-year-old I know is actually wearing in 2010. Fair. 
So bravo, costume department. Can you tell us about our guest star spotlight, please? Oh my god, yes. So our guest star spotlight this week is Allie Grant, who plays Julie. But I laughed, because this is how I found out her hair was curly. Because I kind of recognized her, and I was trying to figure out where I recognized her from. She's Mm -hmm. Agnes on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Do you remember Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? It was a little bit after my time, but here's the thing. I was like, wait, I know this person. So then I obviously did the thing of, do I actually know her? Is she on a television show? Obviously, I mean, it's both, but she has, she's on a television show. But then I, I was like, oh, she reminds me of the science girl from Zoe 101. Mm, Similar. Not her. Yeah. They're just probably like in for all the same projects. Um, But now that you said sweet life of Zach and Cody, that makes sense because I was like, oh, it is like a preteen show. She was also on That's a Raven in a, in a similar part of like the frumpy, this is my thing that made me upset. I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, I always thought that Agnes was like a plus size thing who like no one liked because she was like kind of, but I looked at her old pictures. She's not big at all. She just has a round face, like just structurally round face. Yeah. Like a normal human being. I was like, mm, that's so nice. She's also in Weeds and I really loved Weeds growing up. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited. And I think she's in the Goldbergs too, right? Yeah, she's in the Goldbergs, and she was on Grey's Anatomy, but I couldn't remember the episode. Sure was. I couldn't. Yeah. It's okay. I have it in our trivia. Great. We'll save it for that. You're but... going to kick yourself. Yeah. Anyway, really liked her. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank y'all. So, speaking of trivia, this episode scored 8.01 million viewers. Nicholas Brendan, who plays Lee, is best known as Xander on Buffy the Vampire Slayer that we've talked about before. When Lee picks up his son at the park, you can hear him say, did you slay any monsters? This could mm-hmm. be a nod to his fans from Buffy. I I like that very much, especially because they said slay. And that's Slayer, you know. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, during this episode. Amelia Shepard tries to diagnose a patient with seizures by pinpointing the location of the seizures using EEG. This would be impossible, as EEG has good temporal resolution, accurate projection of brain waves in real time, but extremely poor spatial resolution, the area where the brain wave is coming from. Therefore, using EEG to, de- to definitively find the location of a seizure would be impossible. Wow. Crazy. Crazy girl. Crazy girl. (laughs) Catherine Misley, Mizell, who plays Sharon, also plays Liz Monroe in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. So this is the mother of Beth Monroe, a.k.a. Journey Smollett, a.k.a. Derek and Meredith's brain cancer trial in season four. I just watched that episode like last week. Oops. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's Allie Grant, our guest star spotlight, who plays Julie, also played Alana in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Okay, here's my uh, note, word for word. Okay, an episode of Grey's Anatomy, an episode. This is the girl in the car accident in season 11 episode, How to Save a Life, where Derek has to pack her intestines back into her stomach. The season 11 episode. 
your face. This is an audio medium, but you can imagine Christina's face right now. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. She does look very different, but it is, that's her. An episode of Grey's Anatomy. An episode. Okay, cool. Blue Deckert, who plays Detective Joe Price, also played Frank in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. That is the season nine electrical worker, not the one who gets electrocuted. Oh, yeah. Um, and one last, one last quite sad notes and trivia. Estelle Louise Fletcher, who played Francis Wilder, passed away just a few days ago at the time of this recording on September 23rd, 2022. Big sad. Big sad. So now it's time for Christina's Choosings, also known as Melissa's Musings. So what are you going to choose for us, Christina? Okay, for Christina's Choosings, I believe that Pete and Violet have to break up. They have to. This is, this is my choice. There is no other choice. This is what's happening. Okay. I, I, to be fair, I don't think I don't think any relationship will last outside it. Well, you, we talked about this last time. You said only one will, will last out of the three of them. And I don't. I can't figure out who it is now. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't say only one will. I said if only one would. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think any of them will last. They could all. They could not. Yeah, I think none of them will last, which makes me sad. Okay. I mean, like I really love Cooper and Charlotte, but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like, here's what I feel like. I feel like Violet is going to do something with Cooper that will break up both relationships. But it will be Violet's doing. Can you expand on that for me? Like. It doesn't make sense. Like, okay. Okay. You mean like they're going to hook up? I don't know. I feel like Violet will make a pass at him. And he'll either respond or not. I don't know. But it'll end up with all four of them being single. It's like when they cheat. Like, you know, like, like there's the levels. There's the, in the men's world, there are levels of cheating. I feel like. Okay. <laughs> face. I feel like. I mean, it Violet... could be said that they're already emotionally cheating. Yeah. Oh, with the whole, like, <laughs> my favorite line was go, which side did he kiss? Um. I Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Cooper and Violet are going to hook up and I feel like Violet's going to initiate it and I feel like all of them will be single by the end. But I also think Sam and Addison by the end of... Oh, I don't know. Okay. Are we doing this season or are we doing the end of the show? I don't know. I just... I didn't know if you meant like you thought it would happen soon or not. I feel like it will happen soon because I feel like Violet's going to do something and use Charlotte's attack as a reason. Okay. <laughs> okay. How about Amelia? What do you feel about Amelia? I don't I don't know. I like Amelia so much more on Grey's than I do on private practice. That's so funny because I feel like most people are the opposite, which I don't get. I like her both. I just think it's like the natural growth of a human. I feel like I haven't watched enough private practice to like really like Amelia on private practice, to be fair. You know, you could change that. I could watch more. Listen, I'm in the middle of season four of 911. You have to give me at least two more seasons. Pardon me. I did say I was going to be caught up. You did. You did. But here's here's what I... You said you're on season four of uh-huh. 
911. Yeah. When our dear Amelia Scholar was here in season four, episode one, they told me to watch ER. You know what I did? I watched ER. You know what season I'm on now? 13. Season 13 of ER. While simultaneously watching Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice and SVU and Golden Girls and Designing Women. Oh, I love Golden Girls. And Hacks and She-Hulk. Are you watching She-Hulk? She-Hulk is great. I haven't watched She-Hulk. I feel like I have to. I feel like you'd especially like it because it's like a lawyer show at the same time as being a superhero show. Yeah. So if I can watch 13 seasons of ER, 13 23 episode seasons of ER. Actually, I'm like really on season 13, episode 2 now. So um, maybe like 12 and 2 episodes. But you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christina goes no way mm-hmm. wait so you only said that you like amelia better but you didn't say what you think she's going to do i feel like the her and cooper thing is gonna maybe throw her over the edge over the edge of what i feel like whatever dynamic is happening with her and cooper after charlotte's attack and how cooper now blames amelia i think it's gonna send amelia into a downward spiral from her addiction okay because I think Cooper's like a friend of hers, right? And I think that Amelia really needs friends. And when they abandon her, it reminds her of her dad. Okay. I, I also feel like Amelia's like a boy's girl. You know, she's like... Yes. I'm friends with the guys. Yeah. hmm And Sheldon. I'm so intrigued with what you said about Sheldon. So what do you feel about Sheldon's future? I feel like what I said is not true, but I feel like it's something that would be really interesting to explore. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I can't tell if Sheldon's still in love with Charlotte. I feel like Sheldon's still in love with Charlotte. Okay. And that's my guess for the future. Okay. Do you think that Charlotte's attacker will get justice? Either through the system or through other ways? I hope so. I hope it'll be through the system. I think that in watching how her attack was reported, it could cause a lot of problems and she might not get any justice. Okay. Which is sad that that's what happens in our system. Yeah. 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 True, true, true. Yeah. Anything else? No. You're choosing. No, that's my choosing. All right. (laughs) For ratings and MVPs... I feel like you're not going to agree, but my MVP is Cooper. He didn't have any medical cases of his own, but he just did his best to take care of Charlotte. You know, it might not be the best, and the ways that he found out about things are obviously not preferable. But I feel like he is really trying to do the best for her and not doing it selfishly i could see that who's your mvp um i could see see that my mvp is charlotte period i think that she's doing her best and everyone should get out of her way and take her lead and 
it should be about her, not about them. And I feel like everyone's still making it about them. Heard. Heard. Mm-hmm. I've just picked her a lot lately, so I'm trying to pick her. <laughs> Fair. I haven't, so. Okay, so my rating. I feel like you're going to laugh at this, but like laugh with this, not quite at this. Okay. Okay. So everyone is suggesting the same place to go while you're on vacation and you're like dude I know I'll go but you don't really want to go to this like one specific place like a coffee shop or a restaurant or like a sightseeing place you assume it's super overhyped and overpriced and there's probably no parking or seating and you're annoyed that everyone is constantly suggesting it but when you finally go whether you want to go or you're just trying to get everyone to stop asking you about it it's actually super awesome and then you're the one who starts to tell people to do it <laughs> okay <laughs> because I'm thinking like Julie's yeah. mom getting surgery slash Julie finally getting some support for her stress I'm thinking Pete finally seeing his mother and his brother after all these years and like because he's built them up I feel as like these giant villains and I'm not gonna say they're actually not that bad but like they're not this big scary monsters he's been building up in his subconscious for all these years. Charlotte identifying her attacker. Obviously not easy to do, but she did it. Yeah. What's your rating? My rating oh, sorry. is... No, what were you no, going to say? You were going to say something nice about me. No, I was just going to say that makes a lot of sense. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> My rating is everyone gets to pick their own lane. Like you're driving? Like you're driving. But to a beach. The beach, exactly. See? It's like when you're on the highway with a bunch of friends and you're all following each other. Have you ever done this? Like you're all following each other to go to some place and one friend's in front and they decide to go straight and then one friend decides to turn and then one friend decides to like go to the left. Like everyone makes their own decision on how to get to like the one place. But they all should be able to pick their own decision on how to get to the one place. Heard. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like fits with everybody because everyone is being told what to do instead of getting to choose themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Thank you. Thank you for being our first repeat guest on BHAB Podcast. Oh my god, thanks for having me. So where can we find you online? I know that you're going to say in our credits, but just in case people skip through that, how can we get in touch with you? You can find me on at Prima Donna Pena on basically everything. Except for Be Real. I haven't figured out how to use Be Real. Oh, I do. Like, nobody's on it, though. I really just take, like, the worst pictures of myself and put them up there. It's really great. I've thought about it and then decided not to. Okay, do you have anything else for us before credits? Nope. Just that I'm very happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. And you can find me at Prima Donna Pena on all social media. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show, plus we might read your review on the podcast. 
You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash B-H-A-B podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 4, Episode 10. They are available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at B-H-A-B podcast or email us at B-H-A-B podcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. B-H-A-B podcast. We'll be back in two weeks. T-G-I-T. The way you so casually said DVD made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) 